Welcome to Liberated Living Ministries with John and Beverly Sheesby. You are listening to the Seed to Seed message for April 2021. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please visit our website, liberatedliving.com. Grace to you and greetings to you from Glenpool, Oklahoma. We are still here. I know some of you have wondered what has happened to John and Bev. What I've had so many emails uh, through the website and to us personally asking uh, when is the next message coming? What has happened? Are you guys okay? Well, as you know, we've had some health challenges. Uh, Brad and his family have been through quite a season with COVID and then Jessica having to have surgery for a large growth in her abdomen. In the midst of that, we brought the children down here uh, to be with us so that Brad and Jessica could just uh, be on their own and and so that Jessica uh, would be relieved of all the pressure there. And um, anyway, she had her surgery in January and is slowly improving. We are grateful to God for the recovery. We're so grateful to God for all the people who stood by them, who contributed to them. Uh, They had meals uh, given to them that lasted them for a couple of months. And uh, so they have come through the season. Jessica is still not completely restored to full health and strength. The doctors have said that it will take a while. Brad and the children came down during their spring break to escape Snowmageddon in uh, Castle Rock. and But the doctor advised Jessica not to travel because her lungs are still a little bit jeopardized. So we appreciate all the prayers on behalf of our family. And just to let you know that they are doing well and Jessica is on the mend, we believe, and is being restored to total health Um, the word that the Lord gave me is that she will recover her life so uh, we're just standing on that believing for that but we've been doing great let me explain to you why there has been no seed to seed and the simple answer to that is God didn't give me a word to put out I was waiting on the Lord since January for a word and he didn't give me a word you know and so I know that you are all grateful that I won't just put out a word just to have a seed-to-seed message out. I'm not going to do that. I want to hear the Father's voice and only do what He tells me to do. And so, as you will hear from the introduction, it was only last week, um, or week before last, that I started to have this word stirring in my spirit. And so uh, this word for this month is increasing our capacity for the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is a person and when he comes into our lives, he doesn't come in installments because he is a person. But the illustration that I often use, which I forgot to use in this message, is this, that when you have a, a, a friend or a stranger come to stay in your home, You don't give them the free run of the home because they are visitors. And so they are confined to their room and to the family parts of the home, but not into the inner sanctum of your bedroom and bathroom and closet and so on. However, last week we had the grandkids here, week before last, and 
and they were playing hide-and-go-seek, and as you can imagine, they were everywhere. They were in our closets. They were hiding behind Bev's clothes. Uh, Bev knew that because there were clothes lying on the floor. They have the free run of the house. Why? Because they're our family. And the Holy Spirit wants to be totally free, to be at home within us. And so often we just relegate him to those safe areas of our lives and or the areas that we feel comfortable in exposing to him. Uh, but those areas of the wounds, the hurt, the rejection, the fears of our hearts, so often we can keep close to the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. And he longs to enter into every part of our lives and to transform us. And so I just, uh, this message started to uh, burn in me, increasing our capacity for the Holy Spirit. And I just share some of our journey, my own journey in this regard, and and learning to lay down certain things that have been in the way of my just growing in freedom in the Holy Spirit. And I, I know this word is going to be a blessing to you. I do need to say a word of thanks to all those of you who, in spite of not getting monthly seed to seed, you still have been faithful in supporting us in the ministry. God is so good, and you are, you've been so gracious and so kind, and I just speak God's abundant blessing on you for your goodness, for your faithfulness uh, to keep on supporting us in the ministry. Let me just say that this month of April, we'll be, we will be going up to Nashville to again speak at Shop Fix Academy. We'll be doing two conferences up there of two days each. And we are just looking forward to that time. It's a wonderful time of ministering to those uh, repair shop owners who come, who b belong to that uh, organization and who come in and they've really received us so warmly. And uh, so we're looking forward to that time. And we're so grateful to Aaron Stokes for having made that place open to us to be able to minister into that situation. It's, it sure is an exciting thing to be a part of. So anyway, we look forward to seeing some of our friends in Nashville during the time that we're up there. And um, it will be a good time and a God time, no doubt. So without further ado, let's get into this message, increasing our capacity for the Holy Spirit. Last Thursday, I sat down at the piano and started uh, playing the hymn, Breathe on Me, Breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love, and do what thou wouldst do. And the, the whole theme of breathing, and then I heard somebody preaching on TBN about God breathing into Adam, forming Adam from the dust of the earth, and then God breathed into him. And man became a living soul. And uh, the message that he was giving was about the capacity, increasing your capacity. I began to meditate upon that and things began to explode in my spirit over these last, this last season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk more about it. I'm going to go backtrack a little bit. Right at the beginning of January, uh, this has been quite an amazing season for us every morning waking up with songs in our spirits and we'll say what did you wake up with this morning and we'll share the song that we woke up with and we'll 
look for it on YouTube or we'll sing it and look for the words and so on. And this was the hymn. Now, none of you know it. It's an old English hymn. And in fact, I was remembering back when I was a student at Bible school, we had a little Methodist church that met in our chapel and they asked me to play the organ and I dreaded when they asked me to play this hymn because it goes into a minor key in the middle of it and I'd just get so messed up with it. This is the song, In Heavenly Love Above... Bev said I should sing it, but... In heavenly love abiding, no change my heart shall fear, and safe is such confiding, for nothing changes here. The storm may roar without me, my heart may low be laid, but God is round about me, and can I be dismayed? Wherever He may guide me, no one shall turn me back. My shepherd is beside me, and nothing shall I lack. His wisdom ever waketh, His sight is never dim. He knows the way He taketh, and I will walk with Him. The last verse. Green pastures are before me, which yet I have not seen. Bright skies will soon be o'er me, where darkest clouds have been. My hope I cannot measure, my path to life is free. My Savior has my treasure, and He will walk with me. And I've been singing that every day since the beginning of January. He's an unchanging God, and though things are changing around us, He doesn't change. In heavenly love abiding, no change my heart shall fear. And so that's, that's been such a comfort, but then there have been so many other hymns. Today I sat down at the piano and was just playing the, the hymn that a lady by the name of Bessie Porter Head wrote. Bessie Porter, as she was, was raised in England. She was a Church of England, and she became a missionary to South Africa. And she started YWCA's in Port Elizabeth, which was one of the cities I lived in, Cape Town, where I was born and so on. But she married a man, a Mr. Head, who became the head of a mission called the South African General Mission. They had a conference in Swaziland, and they had heard about the revival that had broken out in East Africa. Uh, Roy Hessian writes about it in his book on the Holy Spirit. And they just got so hungry for a move of God in their mission. And she wrote the, the hymn, O Breath of Life, come sweeping through us. Revive thy church with life and power. O Breath of God, come, uh, what's it, renew us. 
and fit your church to meet this hour. I believe the church has got an amazing assignment in this hour. The darkness has got so dark, and the only answer to the darkness is the church coming aflame with the light of God. And I believe God is wanting to breathe new, fresh life into us. Now, I'm going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. And of course, we know that the Holy Spirit doesn't come by installments. He's a person. And so he comes in in his entirety. And so really what I'm going to be talking about this evening is increasing our capacity for the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul writes in Ephesians 5.18, one of my favorite verses, Be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And he puts it in the present tense, which means be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is a person. So what does he mean about continually being filled with the Holy Spirit? And so the picture is this, that you can get filled up to a place, but there's more. There's more areas of surrender. There's more areas of yielding to the Holy Spirit. There's more areas to be brought into submission to the Holy Spirit in our lives. The more you yield to the operation of the Holy Spirit, the more He is able to do and the more He delights to do in us. God doesn't give His Spirit with measure. There's no limitation to what the Holy Spirit will do. My first car was an Austin A40, and I drove it up one of the big, mountain passes in South Africa and got to the top of the pass and I was so chuffed good South African word (laughs) so excited with my car that I stopped at the top of the pass and I patted the car and spoke to the car and then I realized how ridiculous that was to be talking to the car (laughs) but I heard God say this to me he said who gets the glory the car or the manufacturer and I said well it's obviously It's just doing what it was created to do. So the manufacturer gets the glory. And he said to me, there's no limit to what I will do with you if you yielded to me. And that was way back. That was was 19 years of age at that time. 100 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I know that that is so true. And so my life has been a progressive yielding as the Spirit of God has given me revelation. I want to go to that verse, Ephesians 5.18. He says in verse 18, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking. Now, tragically, as I've pointed out here before, our Bibles all translate this as speaking to one another. But the word in the Greek is not one another, aleilus. It's how, tus. Speaking to yourselves, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Paul wrote the letter to the Colossians at the same time as he wrote the letter to the to the Ephesians, we believe. And he's got a parallel verse in Colossians 3.16. He says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing yourselves 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there's a similar theme there. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, speaking to yourselves, speaking and admonishing, uh, counseling, that's the word nuthetio, which means to, to put in mind. And it's the word that's used of counseling. Counseling yourself. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Counseling yourself. See, the key to spiritual transformation is the renewing of the mind. As our mind gets changed and transformed by the truth of God's word, the more we are able to embrace and receive all of the fullness of who he is. Uh, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 is so instructive to this, where Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the rich of his, riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And listen to this that you may be filled into or unto to the capacity of all the fullness of God. See, so he's praying for something to happen in the Ephesians so that they would know this, the fullness of God. And it seems like it's such a big thing that he says now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And so talks about a mighty work in the inner man. And that's part of that inner man I've discovered is the, the renewing of the mind, the healing of the emotional wounds. I was just settling down last evening when somebody called me from another country. It was three o'clock in the morning there and he said, I can't sleep. And the Lord told me to call you. And we prayed together and so on over dealing with an issue that he needed healing in. Because the Spirit wants to make us whole so that the more whole we become and Christ dwells in those areas of our hearts that have been previously been sort of off limits to him so that he can fully indwell, so that he can manifest the fullness of God in those areas. I've discovered that the more that I allow him to do the healing in me, the greater becomes my capacity. Now, I want to go back to probably the, the most transformative truths that ties in with this that happened to me years ago. In 1994, Rodney Howard Brown came to Fort Worth and was at Calvary Cathedral for five and a half weeks. I had previously gone down to Lakeland, Florida. I'd helped to start a church there. And so I'd go down once a month, relate to the four elders there. And, and it, was, it was a special relationship. And early 1993, I flew down one weekend and I was staying with one of the elders, and he says, have you heard about the South African Rodney Howard Brown? I said, no. He said, man, he said, amazing things are happening. He was at that time at Carpenter's home. And so he said, you should go and see him. And he said, I bought you his book, and he gave me this book. And I read it that night. I couldn't put it down. I was so impacted by that. And so the next night after we had had our services, I went across to the Carpenter's home, and my mind was on tilt watching what God was do doing. Well, at first, you know, my mind said, this is not God. 
the crazy stuff that was going on. But my spirit said, it's God, it's God, it's God. And I stayed there for a few days, and I can remember the impact of Monday at the Monday lunchtime meeting, midday service or morning service, all these pastors sharing what had happened in their churches as they had gone back and just released what what they had received at Rodney's meetings and churches were being turned upside down. God was doing amazing things. And so I came back from there and I said to Bev, Bev, we've got to fly down. We've got to go down there. So we flew down and we spent a week down there. And it was during that week that Rodney announced that he was coming to Fort Worth. And so we decided that we would not miss a single meeting in that five and a half weeks, morning and night. And for five and a half weeks, we went to downtown Fort Worth and we were in those meetings and Beverly got absolutely zapped. She was struck dumb for a few days. She couldn't that speak. That was a miracle right there. That was a miracle right there. <laughs> <laughs> but when the meeting ended, I was flying again to Lakeland to go back to the fellowship there. And I was really a bit upset with God. I said, God, Bev received so much, but I didn't feel like I received anything. Because we'd carry Bev out of the building. She couldn't walk because the Spirit of God was so working on her. And, and I was totally compass mentis. I was in control of all of my faculties. It's just not fair. She got so much and I got so little. And as I was flying on the plane down to Lakeland, God said, what you do with what you've got determines whether you get more. And I thought, but I got nothing. And then I realized I wasn't operating in faith. I was operating by emotions and feeling and because I didn't feel that I'd received anything. And I said, Lord, I'm going to give away what I've received, believing that I have received. The next meeting that I went to was in West Virginia. And I just determined I'm giving away what I've received. I'm believing that I've received the whole package and I'm going to just give it away. And we arrived there, and the night that I was starting the meeting, we had a prayer meeting in the prayer room. And there was a visiting, a visit, I think he was a visitor. He had a New York accent. So uh, if, we, if he had just recently come from New York. But this guy began to prophesy. And he prophesied that a revival was going to break out that night, that the church had been believing for and waiting for. And I was like, Lord, you're going to do it. And that night, I just began to minister and believe that God was going to do what he had been doing in Rodney's meetings. And boy, the first person who got zapped was the pastor, a very dignified man, wonderful man. And that just bust everything loose in that church. But that issue of just giving away what you've got Believing that you have received it because God is absolutely true to his word. He does not play games. He said, ask and you shall receive. So if I ask him, I have received. Our problem is, instead of just trusting the word, we're analyzing with our heads. Well, I didn't feel anything, you know, what's going, you know, kind of thing. And that's always been my big problem is that my mind has always dominated what happens in the realm of the spirit. And as I was flying on the plane going down to Lakeland, I was reading a book by Kenneth Hagen on the anointing. And he referenced the story of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah knew that his time of his departure was 
close. So he said to Elisha, he said, ask me, what do you want? And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah said, that's a difficult thing. But he said, I'll tell you what, if you see me when I'm taken up into heaven, you've got it. In other words, you're going to have your spiritual eyes opened. If you see what can't be seen with the natural eye and with the physical eye, he said, if you see me, you will have it. And what so powerfully impacted me on the plane was this, that when Elijah was taken up, Elisha just cried out, said, oh, my father, my father, chariots of God, and so on. And then this phrase, and Elisha tore his clothes in two pieces. And then he picked up the mantle of Elijah. And he said, where is the God of Elijah? Struck the water. And that phrase, Elisha tore his clothes in two pieces. That was a rhema to me. Because I saw how I had relied on my education. I had relied on all my, my smarts. I had relied on everything that made me feel comfortable in front of people and made me feel secure and all the rest of it. It was like, God says you're trusting in that and you're going to have to become like a little child and receive like a little child and you can't trust in all those things you've trusted in. A friend of mine flew over from South Africa and I shared this revelation with him. I said, if you're going to walk in all the fullness of God, you're going to have to tear your own robes in two pieces. And to him, the symbolically, the thing that represented his own robes, he went back to South Africa and took his cap and his gown from the seminary that we graduated from and burnt them, symbolically. Because we're so taught to rely on all of that wisdom of man. The words of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2 grabbed me in Gweru when I was pastoring there, when I saw how much of the world's wisdom I had relied upon. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us of God. And so the spirit of the world can be the spirit of worldly wisdom, as he says. And that was what was blocking me. It was blocking me from receiving the things that have been freely given to me of God because I couldn't comprehend it, if I couldn't understand it, if I couldn't figure it out, I rejected it. And I've discovered the things of the Spirit of God are beyond the intellect of man. God has just made the the, the wisdom of this world foolishness. And he's taken the foolish things. And so he said, unless you become like a little child, you just can't get into these things of the kingdom of God. And that, that offends our concept of Western maturation, you know, smart. And so we, we grasp it. And I, I, I go back, and I know I'm jumping around, but in, in 1982, when I spent the month at Agoda, uh, that I tell about in the books on sun and the birthright. I go to South Africa where God gave me the revelation of grace. On one particular day there, I was reading in Matthew's gospel and I read in Matthew, there's three consecutive chapters with three consecutive revelations. In Matthew 15 and verse 6, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you make the word of God of no effect through your tradition. And he was dealing with 
eating with unwashed hands. But that grabbed me. You make the word of God of no effect through your tradition. In chapter 16, I was reading about Peter when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus began to show them that he was going to suffer in Jerusalem. And Peter rebukes him and says, no, Lord. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And then he says to Peter, this is what the King James Version says, thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. What he was saying is, Peter, your palate has been conditioned by man's wisdom and not by godly wisdom. Thou savorest not. If it didn't taste familiar, I spat it out. <laughs> if it didn't fit in with my good old Baptist tradition, I rejected it. And then the word that really rocked me was in the next chapter where Jesus takes Peter, James and John up onto the mountain and Jesus is transfigured before them and Moses and Elijah appear there and Peter wakes up and is like, whoa, this is something, Jesus, Moses and Elijah. He said, Lord, let's build three tabernacles here. Let's just, let's just camp here. Let's just stay here with you and Moses and Elijah. And with that, God sweeps in and a cloud overshadows them and he thunders from heaven. This is my beloved son. You listen to him. Don't you dare, excuse me, shouting. Don't you dare put Moses and Elijah on a par with Jesus. And boy, God spoke to me and he said, you're going to have to get rid of a lot of your books because you have put so much trust in the wisdom of man. You've studied and I had a library, all these books that I'd bought on theology and so on. He said to me, listen to me. So here's what I'm trying to say with us all. I've discovered that the more childlike I become, the greater capacity that I have to receive the things of the Spirit of God. The more that I, I move away from the wisdom of this world, as he said in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I've heard so many messages preached on that verse about the mysteries of God, but they don't quote the next verse, which says, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For who knows the mind of a man except the Spirit of a man that is in him? Even so, no one knows what is in the mind of God except the Spirit of God and those to whom he reveals them. And then he says, but we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we speak, not in the words which men's wisdom teaches, but words taught by the Holy Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words or spiritual terms. See, a lot of people live with, well, we just can't tell what God is doing. No, we can. We can know what God is doing. Now, God, God's not going to give you a road map, but he, he, he'll tell you the next step. He will reveal to you the next step. Otherwise, if he gave you the whole road map of the next 20 years, you, number one is you wouldn't have to walk by faith. And number two is you probably get your hands into it and mess it up, trying to help God out. 
with it. So, yes, we can know the things that are freely given to us of God because we have the Holy Spirit. And developing that relationship with the Holy Spirit and learning to hear and operate and flow in the Holy Spirit. I can remember when I started, it was a scary thing for me because I'd been so comfortable behind the pulpit. I'd been so comfortable never getting off the platform, ministering from the platform. And then God wanted me to get down there and see the signs and wonders happen and believe for the signs and wonders. You know how scary that is for a preacher who's been trained to stand behind the pulpit and just spout the good stuff and then to go down there and start laying hands on people and believing that God was going to do something. We all go through that. But I want to tell you that that's the point at which you step into things of the Spirit that you've never seen before. When you're willing to say, I'm trusting God, I'm believing God. It's like when the gold started showing up in our meetings. I was in Cobbs, New Mexico, and I heard about the gold dust and gold teeth and so on in Toronto. And God had been talking to me about authority back there, and so... I was walking one day in Hobbs, New Mexico, and I said, God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of places. If God's doing it in Toronto, he'll do it anywhere. And Bev and I were going to South Africa within a couple of days. And so when we went to South Africa, we had one hell of a fight. (laughs) It was all my fault. I don't know what, what happened, but we just got we were just so out of joint with each other. I can remember us walking on the beach at Musenberg on the Saturday. We flew in Friday night and we were of course jet lagged, but man, we were just really at each other's throats and it you know, can you believe it? So the next morning I preached in this church in Musenberg and there wasn't a great anointing. After that meeting we were supposed to go to Mossel Bay, which is up the coast about a four-hour drive and they had provided me with a little old beat-up Honda Civic and a friend of ours came and he said oh no you take my SL500 Mercedes-Benz you can't drive in a Civic and so he gave us his his SL500 Mercedes-Benz to drive in so that immediately was like God you're so gracious to me (laughs) and riding along driving up we we came to this restaurant in the middle of nowhere that had a Sunday buffet with good South African farm cooking. And we had lunch there and it was like, oh God, you're so good. You're so gracious. But that night it was like, okay, I know what's up. Satan does not want me to proclaim what God is doing in the earth. And so that night I stood up and I said, this is what God is doing right now. He is gracing his people with gold dust, just showing his glory. And he is make, turning people's fillings to gold. So I'm just going to declare that God is doing it in this, this meeting. And it just broke out. The next morning, Bev and I were woken up. There's an elderly couple on the lawn outside the house come to show us their gold fillings. All their fillings had turned to gold. And there were so many miracles that happened that week. It was just amazing. And throughout that trip, one of the pastors who was a little bit incredulous, God just set a seal to it. His grandbaby was there, wrapped up tight. And when the grandbaby got home, they 
took the baby's clothes off and the entire body of the baby was covered with coal dust. <laughs> it's like God just did such a miracle. I remember down in East London, the doctor, he was a surgeon, and he said, I wash up for surgery, and as much as I wash, my hands are just full of gold dust. And I wash and I wash, and, and it was a sign and a wonder to him because he said, I didn't believe this was real. And God was just demonstrating. So I'm trying to say this. I feel like we're standing on the brink of a new season where the evil that is out in the, in the world is so incredibly great. And the enemy has tried to intimidate the church of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. with face masks and everything else to try and get us to hide instead of being bold and being full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, where is the healing power? I, I was shattered by making a statement that if Jesus were here, he would have taken, he would take the, the vaccination. No, he wouldn't. He'd heal the sick. Can, can you believe the insanity in the church? Why? Because we've, we've lost the power. It doesn't fit in with our minds, and God's trying to expand us to the place where we'll just say, God, you set us in this, in this earth to be the, the, the agents of transformation within this earth, and we're the salt, we're the light. We're not going to hide. We're not going to be intimidated by the darkness that is out there. So I just believe tonight God wants to just touch us afresh. He wants to just release a fresh touch of his spirit in our lives to make us bold, to make us bold. Now, that doesn't mean that all of us are going to go out and necessarily do all kinds of signs and wonders. Maybe it will be. But it's bold where you are to express the life of Christ and be the agents of the kingdom out there. It's by His Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, how do we develop this? And I love that Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your, melody in your hearts to the Lord. And then in Colossians 3, 16, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you speak to yourselves and admonish yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. There's so much music that God has given to us in the, in the body of Christ. There's so much wonderful music. And it's, it's time for us just to begin to renew ourselves with the songs of the Spirit. The psalms, the hymns, and then the spiritual songs are songs that the Holy Spirit births in you just as you are in His presence and you begin to sing in the Spirit and sing with your understanding, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. See, the, the, that's the opposite to what the world wants to just bring you down where you, don't, you lose the song that is in your mouth. You lose the song that is in your heart. And so God wants to restore the song and so Bev and I have found over these last few months, we wake up every day with a song, with a song. I, I'm going to share a dream I had last year. On the 10th of October last year, I had a dream that I was driving President Trump to a meeting that he was going to speak at. And we were driving along in the car and we were very comfortable. I was very conscious 
that he was the president and I was driving him. But at the same time, he was very friendly. And, and so we arrived at the church, pulled in under the sort of the portico at the front, and he got out and, and I got out. And we started walking into the building. And of course, the, the leadership came to meet him and so on. And as we walked into the building, he says, I want you to go in, into the service and I want you to lead the congregation in singing the song. Something good is going to happen. So I said, what is the tune of that one? Because there are quite a few songs. Something good is going to happen. And he hummed the tune to me and I said, I don't know that, but I'll take it to the musicians and see if they recognize it. And so I walked into the auditorium. It was an auditorium, seat probably about 4,000 people. And so I go to the pianist who's at the front and I said, do you know this song? And I sang the first bar that the president had sung to me, if something good is going to happen. She said, yes, I do, but I, I don't have the music and I don't have the words. And I said, let's just do it. I believe that if we step out and we do it and we sing it, then others in the congregation are going to take it up and, and it'll just swell. And so she said, OK, let's go. And I got up there and we started it. And with that, the sound engineer put on a full choral and orchestral version of the song and it just swelled through the auditorium. Something good is going to happen. <laughs> and I woke up and I knew that God said something good is going to happen in this country. Something Satan is fighting tooth and nail to subvert what God is wanting to do, but he is not going to succeed. God has spoken, and I have had not a moment of doubt since that night, October the 10th. One night, I had a little bit of a little bit of a misgiving, but otherwise I've strengthened myself in that. Something good is going to happen. See, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, I'm telling you we've got such a comfort there for us where the Spirit of God just gives us those songs that can just minister to us and can lift the heaviness off of us and lift the burden off of us. So I want to encourage you. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. And if you say, well, I don't know any hymn. Well, just start singing verses of Scripture. Yes. Just start singing the, the, the words of Christ. <laughs> you can't do any better than that, singing the words of Christ. Make up your own tunes. Make up your own tunes. I do that all the time especially in songs of the Spirit when I sing in tongues and I just make up tunes and just go along as the Spirit gives. But I'm telling you, he's expanding. I know this. He's expanding our capacity in these days because there's something marvelous about to happen. Something marvelous is about to happen. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you have never abdicated the throne that you are still Lord and King. You are God. You're high and lifted up, and your train fills the temple. I saw the Lord. And I want to thank you that you have called us as your people to be filled with all of your fullness so that we might radiate that glory. Yes, we're just clay pots, you put this treasure into clay pots. You didn't promise to make us into golden vessels. We'll always be clay pots. We'll always be conscious of the fact 
that we are human. We'll always experience those times when grief does want to get a hold of us. We'll also experience those times when we feel a little afraid because of things that are going on, because we're just clay pots. But thank you in those days, those moments, we have a treasure within us called the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we just allow the Spirit of God to stir within us those psalms and those hymns and those spiritual songs, we can be encouraged, we can be lifted up, we can just find ourselves bursting the bonds of the limitations of human wisdom and human understanding. Thank you, dear Lord God, that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Lord, help us to realize this. We'll never make the natural man understand the things of the Spirit of God because they spiritually discern. We're always going to be a mystery to the natural man. We, we, we so want everyone to like us, but you've called us to be different. You've called us to be a peculiar people. You've called us to walk as lights in the midst of a dark world. And the darkness always wants to oppose the light. But Lord, help us to be bold. To be bold. To be bold. The early church prayed, Lord, grant to your servants boldness. That's a prayer that you answered because you shook the building when they prayed for boldness to speak the word. Lord, and the word, the message that they preached was the resurrection. We have a living Savior who is alive. So, Lord, I'm asking you to stir in our hearts Stir in our hearts. Increase our capacity for the breath of God. Yes, the Holy Spirit is a person, but I I just feel like, God, you're wanting to just expand our capacity, our spiritual lungs, if you like, so that we can be filled unto all the fullness of God. Weed out the stuff that needs to be weeded out. Remove the stuff that needs to... Be, be taken away. Give us the grace to cut our re- own garments, the things that we've relied on to cover our nakedness, to keep us from being embarrassed. That's what you told me that I had to do, I had to be willing to do, to tear my own garments and to not worry about being embarrassed. <laughs> it was hard for this little English guy, but I want to thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. You're so good. You're so true to your word. Thank you, you, Lord. Now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now for fresh anointing on all of us gathered here. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch us tonight. Lift the burden of those that are burdened. Lift the load. Thank you for times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, which you've promised us. We just receive refreshing here in your presence. Thank you, Lord. This is the conclusion of this message. You've been listening to the ministry of John and Beverly Sheesby. For more information on this and other available teachings, please visit our website at www 
www.liberatedliving.com. God bless you, and thank you for listening.